morning. So we are in this series of Belong. I hope, like me, you've been enjoying the series. I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying thinking about how we are the church, collectively and individually. And it's fantastic that we get to continue this. I'm actually really honoured to be here and to to bring this, um, because I love being part of this church community. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, And I keep telling my mum, 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 I love Christchurch, and I've made some friends, and I feel like Southport's more home now, and it's awesome. And she was like, oh, I'll have to come. So, my mother is here. She is here. (laughs) And she's wonderful. And there's something that you need to know about me and my mother. We are absolutely nothing alike. Absolutely nothing alike. Oh, okay. We're actually quite similar. And if you meet both of us um, together, you will be like, ah, yes. I understand you a little better now, Hetty. I understand you now I've met your mother. And um, growing up, my mum did pretty much everything around the house. And this wasn't for want of trying to get myself as a teenager and my teenage brother to do something. And this meant that when I got older and I left home, I got a shock. When I left home and I had to live with other people and had to be a real-life adult, I was a little surprised at how much there was to do. And I spent time um, with my housemates regularly having the same conversation come on, we all need to do something. And there was one point where I felt like I was the only one. I felt like I was the only one doing the washing up and doing the cooking and doing the cleaning and putting the bins out and occasionally forgetting to put the bins out. And then someone complains that the bins haven't been put out. And I say, well, why didn't you put the bins out? And it was that moment where I stopped and thought, oh, I get it now. I get how my mum felt when I was a teenager and was a bit lazy, because teenagers can be a little bit lazy, but also they're awesome. And um, if I knew then what I know now, things would have been different, and I think I would have played my part far more in that house. And it's like that in Christchurch. We, as the church, need to play our part. We need to play our part in the running of the house, in the running of the family. And apart from perhaps babies who don't do anything apart from, for us, being cute, for their parents, they're like, you see them at three o'clock in the morning. Um, But for me, who currently doesn't have children, I'm like, they're adorable, they're so cute. Apart from little babies, everybody can do something. Children can do something to play their part in the house at home and in the house here. Teenagers can play their part. And as we become an adult... Even more so, we take on more responsibility and there's more that we can do. And when we're very mature in years, even if we decide we need to step back from doing things that are more practical, perhaps, we can still do things. We can still get involved. We can still encourage and support others and be there and go into the cafe and make some friends, things like that. There's so much that we can do. And it's said in churches that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I don't know if you've heard that. I've heard that over and over again. 20% of the people, in general, do 80% of the work. And our job as Christchurch is to be abnormal. I know some of us are very good at that. But together, we need to be abnormal. We need to book the trend. We need to say, you know what? Nah, uh uh 
We're not going to do that. We're not going to let 20% of the people do 80% of the work. We're going to all serve. So let's see what the Bible has to teach us about it. So if you have a Bible, please turn to Romans 12. Oh, I thought there was way more in that than there is. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So if you look at Romans 12, can anybody tell me what the first word is? Anybody? Therefore. And I've been told many times, if there's a therefore, ask what it's there for. So what's the therefore therefore? It's there because we see in the rest of Romans 12 that it talks of God's power to save. That the world is in need, in desperate need. And that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for us so that we can have new life. So therefore, in view of Jesus' death and resurrection, who was the ultimate sacrifice for us, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's not to sacrifice life, like in the Old Testament. It's to sacrifice in life, to make sacrifices as we live and give ourselves to God. And here, when it talks about bodies, it refers to our whole self, giving our whole life to God as a living sacrifice. The good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it. And um, we're not doing the hokey-cokey with God. It's not like, oh, one arm in and one arm out. Oh, oh, I'll give you a little bit, but I won't give you that bit. That's not what we're doing. We put our whole self in, and that's where we stay. We put our whole self in. And sometimes we think, oh, I don't want to give God all of me because some of me is not great. You know, some of me is not great either. None of us are perfect. And sometimes we think, I don't want to give God all of me because there's these things that I'm struggling with and it's not good. And I hear people sometimes saying that they're going to come to church and leave their baggage at the door and then come in. No, no, no. I've heard people say, I'm not coming to church today because I'm struggling. I can understand as a human the, the feeling of needing to do that. However... There is purpose in us being here. We don't leave our baggage at the door. We bring everything with us, all of our stuff. We bring our whole self. Because worshipping God corporately is important. Because I wonder if we didn't give this designated time to meet with God, whether we would all make time every week to do that. Maybe. Maybe not. We bring our whole self because God cares about our whole self. He cares about the stuff that's not going great. He cares about the things that are going on. He cares about our sickness. He cares about every part of us. But also, the other reason why it's really important to bring that stuff when we gather together is to get, let the church be the church. We're supposed to be there for each other. We're supposed to be there when life is tough. We're supposed to be there, as we've talked about, to be accountable to each other, to help each other through different things. So come, even if things are tough, come and let the church be the church. Let us be there for each other. 
We offer our whole self as a living sacrifice, it says, because this is our true and proper worship. And it's important when we read the Bible that we actually look, well, what did this mean to the people that were reading it? Because if we don't look at what it meant to them when they're hearing it for the first time, well, we might completely miss the point. And here, when we look at this word worship, in the Old Testament, before Jesus, the word for worship is this word proscunio. Probably not saying any of these words right, but most people won't know. Proscunio. And it refers to bowing down to God, which is an act usually done in the temple. Bowing down in reverence. However, after the Gospels, where we look at the life of Jesus, after that, Paul is writing to the church. And he uses a different word for worship. He uses these two words. And the adjective is the word logikos. And that is pertaining to reason or logic. And then we also use this other word. We use the word latreia. And these words are going to be on the screen for you. Which means indirect worship in the form of the spiritual service given to fellow humans and to God. Okay. So... In view of God's awesomeness and amazingness and the fact that he saved us and his mercy and his grace, due to all these things, our reasonable and logical response is to serve. To serve others and to serve God. You see, worship is far more than singing songs. Like, yes, that is a form of worship. But it's more than that. Worshiping corporately together It's relatively easy. Worship becomes a true sacrifice when we take it out of the church building. When we live in a way that brings glory to God. When we live in a way that gives him positive attention. And sometimes that means making a simple tweak to our daily routine. Just just a little tweak. It's not necessarily you have to change up everything. Sometimes it's a little tweak. And my my mum, who I said is absolutely wonderful, um, what she does is instead of staying at home and reading her Bible and drinking her coffee, she goes out of the house. (gasps) And she goes to the same coffee shop every single day. She actually usually sits in the same place every single day. And she doesn't just sit there and read her Bible and drink her coffee. She lives out what it says. She speaks to people. I went to Marks and Spencer's with her yesterday and bought a new shirt. Thank you very much. And um, I, I never thought I'd shop at Marks and Spencer's. This is why I am becoming my mother. And um, yeah, but I was trying things on and she'd already made four friends. I was like, what are you doing? Um, so anyway, um, she goes and spends time with people, people that she never knew before. And whenever we go to Burnley, we know between the hours of seven and nine exactly where to find her. A.M. 7 and 9 a.m. I know, 7 o'clock. And we went to spend time with her a couple of weeks ago when we were there. And she was there with this random array of people. Random array of people who she'd now become friends with. And some of which you can tell by the conversation are stepping nearer and nearer to God. And the lady last week said, I'm going to come to church. Great. That's awesome. And that's one of the ways that I would love to be more like my mum. 
Yes, we have shown that I am quite similar to my mum, as the picture suggests. Um, unfortunately, um, not unfortunately, that was the wrong word to use. Um, we all have the same face. We can't get away from the fact that we all look alike. However, if my mum would have brought me into this world and I not spent any time with her, I would, I would have some resemblance of her because I can't get away from that. Sorry, Tabs. If we have children, they will look exactly like everybody else in my family. I might look like her, have some sort of resemblance, perhaps. However, I wouldn't be like her. Because the people that we spend time with, we become like. And that's the crux of the next part of this verse, that when we spend time with God, we become like him. We're transformed. And the original word here, the root word, is where we get our term metamorphosis, where a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, that's an amazing picture. When we spend time with God regularly, because it takes time to become a butterfly, when we spend time with God regularly, wherever that might be, it could be at home, it could be uh, at work, it could be when you're in the bathroom, it could be when you're out having coffee, it could be while you're having lunch. Wherever and whenever you spend time with God, we gradually become more and more like him. And we're able to resist the tendency to live according to the standards of this world. And we're able to know more what his will is. When we give up control and we put our whole self in, we're able to have the willpower and the want power to do what we need to do for God. It's important for us to serve. But it's also important for us to recognise that we serve in grace. You see, we've all got gifts and they've been graciously given to us. And you might be sat there thinking, oh, well, I don't, I don't sing. I don't play an instrument. I don't speak up front. Sometimes people think gifts are the things that they see when you're in a church service. That's, that's not what we're talking about. That is an element of gifts. But gifts are God-given desires, inclinations or abilities. You see, you might be inclined towards certain things. doesn't mean you've got every single skill in the world. You might be inclined towards baking. You might be inclined towards looking after people in need. You might be inclined towards working with children. There's things that you might be inclined towards, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the things that are in our hearts, because that's what God's after. He's after our heart, he's after our passion, and he'll do something with it. Please don't underestimate yourself. Because God can do amazing things with even the smallest thing that we give him. And that's grace. We give him what we've got, even if it's just a little bit. And he does something amazing with it. And we need to give him the opportunity to show us how much he can do through us. And what's amazing is that we've been given different gifts, different leanings towards serving. You see... Uniformity isn't the mark of God's handiwork. Diversity is. When we look around us, we see it in nature. The diversity. We see it in grace. We see it in Christian community. Diversity is the mark of God's handiwork. We all have different gifts. And that's what's important. That we use our gifts, our inclinations, our abilities, our desires for the good of those around us and the good of those who aren't 
part of this community as well, for the good of those who don't know Jesus. But you know what I've never heard? I've never heard anybody say, my gift is the hoovering. It is my passion. I will be seen with a Henry or a Hetty Hoover or the makes are available, and I will do the hoovering. Yes, some people are good at it, but there's certain things that I've never heard people say, that is my thing. But those things still need to be get, get done. There's certain things that might not be our gifting, might not be the thing that we're inclined towards, but they still need to be done. And we just need to have a whatever-it-takes attitude. Whatever it takes, we're going to make it happen. You see, 1 Corinthians 15.58 says that nothing we do in God's service is without value. Even if nobody sees what you do. And controversially in our culture, even if nobody says thank you. Even if no one says thank you, God appreciates what you do. And I just want to take a moment just to highlight um, a couple of service areas. And the first one is, because I um, sometimes sing, I'm aware, and I'm pretty sure I'm correct, that there are two people that do the sound tech. Two people. And you know what? I've figured out that this is the most difficult job in the whole church. So yes, Steve, I'm sure Steve has a very difficult job. But not only do Martin and Jake rarely get thanked, I see it because I stand here, they regularly get complained at. (laughs) And they're still here. They come morning. They're probably one of the first to be here, one of the last to leave. And there's other things that happen of an evening and in the week. And... um, I don't think Jake's here. It's as if he knew this was going to happen because he hates the limelight. But um, perhaps somebody could pass this to Jake. We've got some, I've got something just to say. Thank you. You're our heroes. You're awesome. Even if other people don't say thank you, we want to say thank you. So these are for you. So somebody can give that to Jake. Thank you, Martin. Oh, make him come to the front. There we go. And there's so many other areas in Christchurch that need more people. So many other areas. And it wouldn't be me if I didn't mention the area that I am most passionate about. And that's children and youth work. Oh, oh wait. No, no, no. Oh, it doesn't matter. Because we've got Emily now, right? So we don't have to do anything. No. Not correct. Emily is amazing. I love Emily. We've made friends. This is awesome. I like having friends. But she's not here to do everything. She's here to make sure everything gets done, but she's not here to do everything. She's here to have a team around her who can serve the children and serve the young people. Because our kids are amazing. I heard a child recently who is here this morning. I heard a child recently um, who was praying to God for gaps in their day. And I didn't really know what this meant. I later found out this meant this child was asking Jesus to give her gaps in her conversation with her friends so that she could share Jesus with them. Like, our kids are amazing. And so are our teenagers. And you know, teenagers have a tough time. Life's tough for teenagers. It is. And they need people to stand alongside them and say, even in this tough life, you can stand strong for God. You can be passionate for him. We need it. We need to put a team around Emily that can do the best that we can do, that can support her and love her and perhaps make friends with her as well. That would be cool. 
And it, perhaps if you've got children, or, you know, you might be sat here thinking, oh, well, that's probably not me. But if you've got children, if you've got grandchildren, if you know children, you like children, there's only a small amount of people that this is not suitable for. So perhaps instead of thinking, oh, that's not me, think, oh, is that me? Could that be me? And perhaps if you have children and you're thinking, how do I keep my child interested in church? Well, when I was young, um, before I fully decided that this was for me and I wanted to be at church because of Jesus, I came to church because people got me involved. I came to church because I was involved and wanted and served. And so if you've got kids, why not serve with your kids? Why not sign up together and say, we're going to welcome people? Or I love Phil and Matty when they play together. That's amazing. Let's do stuff together with our kids if we can. Or perhaps your child is missing a certain um, aspect and you think, I know this person that's amazing and I'd love it. I know them, I trust them. I'd love it if they served with my child. Why can't I buddy them up to pray together on the prayer team? Perhaps. And also, there are things that um, need to be done in this town in the wider church. So there's stuff here that needs to happen, but also there's many things, and I could not mention them all, um, but even just the things I'm part of, street pastors, we need more people to go and look after people on a Saturday night. Schools Worker Trust, we need more people to come and share Jesus with children and young people in our area. There is so much for us to do. This doesn't mean that we burn ourselves out. But this means that we rest really well so that we can do stuff and not get burnt out. And one of the things that I love about Christchurch, apart from the amazing people, because you guys are awesome, I love it. Um, one of the things that I love, and I've been re-listening to the um, Vision series, which I highly recommend. What I love is that Christchurch's vision, unlike other organisations and some other churches, Christchurch's vision isn't a vision for Christchurch. Christchurch's vision is a vision for Southport, right? Yeah, we have a vision for Southport. You see, Christianity is not just for a Sunday. Christianity is for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's 24-7, seven days a week. And if we all did that, if we all lived as a follower of Jesus every day of the week, the whole church in Southport, something would change. Something would change in our town. And the next bit of Romans 12, it builds on what's already been said. It says, never be lacking in zeal, which is like passion, but keep your spiritual fervor. And here the Greek for fervor is this word zeo, and it means boiling, boiling. It means let's just not do stuff just for the sake of doing stuff. Let's do stuff with feeling. Let's do it with passion. Let's do it with something. Let's boil up in our passion for God and let that overflow into every area of our life. You see, being saved by grace is the best thing ever. Accepting Jesus into our hearts is the best thing ever because he died and rose again for us and etc, etc. And that should lead us to action. That should lead us to do something for the sake of of those around us, for the sake of those we don't yet know. And it's serving people, no matter where you might be. Sometimes it is serving people at specific events. So this weekend, what do we have coming up? 
You sounded riveted. The Archbishop's Mission! (laughs) We get to share Jesus with people in our community. We get to show them a bit of who he is. And you might be thinking, ooh, I can cope with coming and watching a film and inviting someone, but praying with people on the street, oh dear. Oh, that's not for me, that's too hard. And it is hard. However, I want to give you this quote that you may have heard before, and I'm just going to leave it with you. You can make what you want with it. And this quote is going to appear on the screen. It's from the book We Bought a Zoo. It says, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something great will come of it. I'll just leave that with you. In Matthew 5, we talk about salt and light. This is something that is a very well-known piece of scripture. Salt and light. And we don't, on the way out, we don't have buckets that we pass out and we put our buckets on and we waddle out into the street with our buckets on so nobody sees our light. We walk out so that people can see our light. We're here, gathered together as a beacon of hope, a big bright light in the centre of town. And then when we leave this place, we scatter into our everyday lives and there's little lights all across the town. There's little lights everywhere. So the question is, what are you doing this time tomorrow? What are you doing this time tomorrow? It's that. It's wherever you are. It's when you're at home. It's when you're at school or college. It's when you're at work. It's when you're out with your friends. It's when you're having lunch with people. Whatever you do within your week, that's what it is. It's using that and saying, God, what can I do? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to speak to? Who can I share you with? And if Mark would like to come up and help us. It's putting our whole self in. It's spending time with God and becoming more like him. Serving out of the grace that God has given us. Not half-heartedly, but with passion out of our relationship with him. So what does that mean for you? Do you need to put your whole self in? Do you need to say, God, actually, I'm not all in, but I want to be all in, and now I'm all in? Do you need to act more upon your faith and do something and get involved? perhaps in this church community? Do you need to let your passion for God flow out into every area of your life? This is personal. This isn't a, we all need to do the same thing. So as the band start to play, I want to just give you the opportunity just to, on your own, have a think, have a pray. What do I need to respond to? What do I need to do in response to God. So we'll just take a moment. If you get distracted, please close your eyes, look at a spot on the floor and decide for yourself, what am I going to do?
me. You might like a way to remember certain things. I have reminders on my phone. If I don't set a reminder, I don't do it. And so I want to give you an opportunity to remember what we've talked about and remember the decisions that you're making. So you don't have to be seen right now. I know exactly what it is that I'm going to do. You know, perhaps in some areas of what we've been talking about, you need to take this home and have a look at it and speak to someone. But we can decide one thing. Are we in? Are we all in? Or are we not in? We get to decide this morning whether you're all in for what God wants to do. Through this church community, through you individually, through the church in Southport. Do we want to change Southport? So I'm going to give you an opportunity to, um, as the band starts to sing this song, this is a song, I love this song, it's amazing. I want you to come to the front if you would like to say, I am all in. Come to the front and take a jigsaw piece. And that will remind you that we're part of something bigger. We get to play our part. We get to put in our piece. But we're part of this bigger thing. We're part of this wider community. We're part of this bigger church across the world. So I'd like you to give that opportunity. So if you're able to, please stand with us. And if you'd like to, as the band play and sing this song, please come to the front and take a jigsaw piece. And put it somewhere where you're going to remember, perhaps on your fridge, or perhaps um, you might put it in your purse, somewhere where you're going to see. Please don't leave them lying around because there are small children around. Please take it with you. So as they sing, please come if you'd like to.